0: Episode 83 of the Hanging with Coach Noonan podcast. In this episode, I talk with Coach Josh Lyons, a defensive line coach and recruiting coordinator and throwers coach at Kilgore High School in Kilgore, Texas. We talk about his journey into coaching from his playing days at Copper's Cove High School to junior college ball to playing at Sam Houston State and becoming a sought-out coach of defensive line play by so many. Coach Lyons and I dive into what makes him tick as a coach, the mindset it takes to be a winner, and still being able to pull out a solid performance to show his athletes he's still got gain. Make sure to follow Coach Lyons on Twitter at Josh underscore 47 to talk D-line play, shot putter discus work, and more. Coach is an outstanding wealth of knowledge and a young guy to watch out for in the future, sure to do big things. Before we jump into today's episode, just a few housekeeping things. Remember to follow the show on Twitter and Instagram a, at HWCN Podcast. If you're in the Dallas area and are looking for some fantastic custom cookies that look almost too good to eat, check out Texas Treaties. Podcast listeners can use a special 10% off promo. Use the code PODCAST at checkout. The link to order will be in the show notes. Are you trying to step up your menswear game? Then Etiquette Dawn is the best choice. Etiquette Dawn is a truly custom apparel company that will have you looking like a sharp dressed man. Check out www.etiquettedawncustomapparel.com for more information and make sure to follow Etiquette Dawn on Instagram and TikTok. When you need a coffee that works as hard as you do or is as strong as your squat bench Deadlift, clean, or snatch. Then I suggest checking out Viking Coffee Company. Podcast listeners use the code Coffee with Noonan for a ten percent discount on single purchases. Check out VikingCoffeeCo.com for more details and to order the official coffee of the Hang with Coach Noonan podcast. Drink coffee, work hard. If you're looking for a quick and effective way to keep your weight room and/or locker room sanitized, check out Xanigo Sprayer. Bacteria can grow anywhere. The Freedom Sprayer goes with you, so you can keep your athletes protected wherever you go. Bacteria stinks. Check out Xanago.com for more information. Now, let's get into today's episode with Coach Josh Lyons. Hang with Coach Newton today. We have the man, the myth, the legend coach josh lyons he's the d-line coach and recruiting coordinator as well as throws coach at kilgore high school in kilgore texas he is a proud sam houston state alum coach welcome to the podcast thanks for hanging out with us
1: awesome i appreciate you appreciate you having me on man it's it's a dream always to come you know just talk and fellowship with fellow coaches man you know i've
0: followed you for a good minute on twitter i know we've had our uh interactions through a variety of different things you know the disruption chat uh coach taylor's podcast um i know he's referenced you as well as others have referenced you and what you're doing with d-line and recruiting over at kilgore man so just kind of talk us through you know your journey into coaching uh and and what it kind of means for you to be recognized uh by so many of your peers for doing such a great job
1: Man, it's it's awesome. It's an awesome feeling to feel like uh, you are doing something right. You know, so let me let me first be thankful that so many people do acknowledge me because uh, it is a it is an easy profession to get lost in. Um, but uh, to, to start off my journey, man, I was a, uh, I, I played at Copper's Cove High School uh, for Jack Welch um, in Red Rock. Um, from there I walked on to Navarro Junior College, uh stayed a semester just because the the grind at JUCO, man, like it wasn't for me. <laughs> and then uh and then I ended up walking on at Sam Houston State where I played uh three years. Um from there, um I went home, uh anticipated some things working out in my direction and it, the ball I mean, the ball just didn't roll my way. So uh <clears throat> I ended up getting into coaching. Um, I had my uh, my uh, position coach Kyle Siegler kind of open some doors for me here at Kilgore and you know I saw an opportunity and I just kind of took it I never I never thought it would be what it is but um, it's just an awesome experience and every year is a new year man so
0: man so I think it's crazy how 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 many people branch out from Coppers Cove and, and and under Coach Welch and under Coach Brock? Like, you know, as as you you know get to know people and just those two individuals alone, and how many coaches' lives that they've touched? It's it's crazy, man. Like, yeah, definitely, you know, definitely. Um, you know, so give us a little bit of a sense of what it was like to play for those guys, you know, because it's they are legends in in Texas high school football. And, you know, coach Brock is is a huge legend in the strength conditioning world uh, when it comes to, to, especially at the high school uh, level, you know, just kind of give us, give us some sense of of what it was like to play for those guys and, you know, any, anything that you really remember that has stuck with you, that you realize, like, as I started coaching and, and I get into this deal, I'm like, that's exactly what coach Welch or coach Brock would do. Like it's crazy how far along, how far that was to now, here we are 2020 and you still remember these lessons.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean the, the biggest thing that I've, that I've learned from both of them is just how to structure and do things. Um, You know, coach Welch um, established the culture at Cove that, you know, a a lot of people kind of have, um you know their own opinion about it but uh what he did was take guys like me who were just you know semi-average athletes and made us believe and had us had us really rolling um now granted we had our studs we had our robert griffins and tanner brocks and stuff um but but more or less you know the moral of the story is that he you know he he gave a lot of guys that um you know we we just used to say oh, getting all to it or that dog you know um now, Coach Brock, on the other hand, man, Coach Brock is, is a legend himself, uh, obviously. And, you know, um, Coach Brock is the type of guy, he will smoke you in a heartbeat, but he is going to love you the hardest out of everybody. And, you know, um, you can ask almost anybody that's interacted with the guy. He he is just, he's he's a, a legend himself. I, I don't know how to explain it. Um, I do have some good stories about him. Um, you know, we can, we can branch into some of those. But I, I think the, the biggest thing for me and Coach Brock, uh, especially with him being one of my mentor coaches, somebody that I go and talk to, you know, weekly, um, the biggest thing is, is, is just how, how his path has kind of evolved and how he's always kind of rolled with the punches and kept his head up and just kept doing his thing. And, and you know, it, it kind of translate when, when translates when you're a young coach trying to find your own way, you know, it, it's nice to have somebody to, to backdoor and follow, you know what I mean?
0: No doubt, man, no doubt. <clears throat> what do you think is is the reason or, or reasons why, you know, people look at those coaches as legendary, you know, aside from the wins and losses type deal and, you know, being able to say you coached at RG3 you know, what, what kind of creates that legendary status in your opinion?
1: I mean, the, the biggest thing to me is always, is always going to be the culture and granted I'm a little bit biased because I come from it, you know, and we start off early, man, like, and, and once you get to sixth grade and you know, you're going to be an SC League Cougar or a Copper's Cove, uh, junior high bulldog or bullpup, uh, you know, you kind of get this mindset about you and, you know, at first your rivals, you start off as the the cross town rivals and then you develop into just this strong sense of team like there's now you're at one high school and everybody is together and it's just, uh, I don't know, it, it's it's kind of weird because like I said, you you have that love hate relationship with the other side and then you always come together and there's so much more. Um, and that's, that's just one part of it. I mean, like I said, like we, we went through all types of stuff. We had MTXE training. We had um, weights with Coach Brock. We had offseason with Coach Brock. Coach Welch always had us doing community service, stuff like that, you know, and he, he just made us better men. Um, and it wasn't, it, like you said, it's not about wins and losses, but it is about the, the culture that was established. And, you know, for better or for worse, like guys bought into it. And if you didn't buy in, you know, you, you were weeded out and it wasn't, it wasn't in a rude or meticulous way, but, um, it it was, it was definitely a way that that was right. Um, and you know, that's kind of a, that's always a hot topic in coaching is, is all we shouldn't let go of that guy or we shouldn't have done this, but like, man, if you're not going to be a part, like you're not going to be in it. So, um, like I said, and that, that kind of breeds success in itself, you know, um, you know, Robert was a hell of an athlete and in high school, everybody knew that, but what he's gone to be after that. And, you know, some, some people are going to say he's an NFL bust. Well, you know, he's pretty damn good NFL quarterback as a rookie, you know what I mean? Uh, so, and it may not have panned out, but it would just imagine had he not get injured or something like that, you know, um, uh, Another guy that I always think about and a lot of people don't realize is from Cove, but Charles Tillman, you know, everybody knows freaking Peanut Tillman, you know, that's that's a guy in himself. NFL Hall of Famer, you know, um, just awesome guy to be around. And then um, we got guys like uh uh you know Lamar Morgan, and he's he's the DCI, ULL now, and he's another guy that just kept his nose to the grindstone, and that I feel like all that is is an interpretation of what what we were what we were built to believe when we were younger, you know, in that system with those two guys.
0: Yeah, no doubt. How with you at Kilgore? I'm not so familiar with how you guys operate with your middle schools. How much time do you get to spend with them? You know how do you facilitate that same kind of mindset that you had at Cove to where when everybody gets to Kilgore High, you're still working towards that one team mentality. Yep, this yep. is the way we're going to do it. Like so, you know, how how are you able to try to influence that at the at the younger levels?
1: So I, I and this is kind of a loaded question for me because I don't get to interact with my junior high guys as much as I want to. Um, because I'm a I'm a dual contract teacher here, so I go I teach fourth and fifth grade, so I will have a lot of those kids before they go to junior high, um, and I kind of try and instill it with them there, um, you know, um, and then I try and get them push them to be in pre-athletics, and then that's about all my interaction with them until I get them in high school, um, and I I really don't even have them in high school until not, uh, until tenth grade, because um, I'm the varsity D line coach, so. Um, I, don't, I don't necessarily have a lot of say in that, but I will say since um, since we, we've had our head coach change, Clint Fuller came in and he wants us, he pushes us to be more involved with those junior high guys. Um, our strength coach, our offensive coordinator, and our defensive coordinator all go over there during the season. Um, they have first period athletics. And they install and do stuff with them, and make sure stuff is getting run run the right way. You know, um, we we're taking a top down approach where we will where we will um, take an idea or or a scheme or something as a varsity staff adapt it and then try and implement it with our with our uh, seventh and eighth graders, um, and even really our sixth graders because we have pre athletics. So we try to make it um, a well rounded thing. Um, we don't we don't want kids to come to the high school and never know what a shade is or or, um, you know, how, how to run how to run a skinny post, you know, like that's that's detrimental to a program. And I think with the success level that we've had, I think it's important to make sure that we do we instill that stuff at a young age with those guys.
0: Yeah, no, I, I like that. Um, when you are talking about how you try to create that well-rounded approach as a as the varsity defense aligned coach right and i'm assuming that you guys then have also a freshman staff and then also yes, you have your middle school staff yes sir. Um, how many middle schools do you guys have in kilgore you just have uh, four, we, one?
1: yeah we only have the one and okay. uh you know uh for us our our you know most d-line uh coaches there's two um per per team um, we actually only have one, so um, and that's kind of the thing that we're experiencing, and it's new for us. Um, I've uh, we we started off as a four-two-five team, um, you know, straight TCU stuff, you know, uh, tight seto set rules, all that stuff, um, and we have adapted into some new schemes. Um, so for us to be a team um, that's adapting. And for us to only have one D-line coach on staff, you know, everybody's kind of got to be on point. You know, I make it a point always to get with my freshman coach and my middle school coaches and and, you know, install with them and explain to them how I want stuff done. Because I don't like here's here's my gripe is I don't want to get a kid day one and he doesn't know how to get in a stance. You know what I mean? I don't want to get a kid that doesn't understand what a base block is. And, you know, you're going to get some of that, but I shouldn't have to sit there day one and and go over okay aggressive and non-aggressive blocks you should know what an aggressive block is so and granted maybe that's me sounding a little bit entitled but it just you know with with us being as involved as we're supposed to be like we need to get it done right you know what i mean no i'm with you man you know and i i would
0: love for and let's let's kind of take Deal these last couple years out with COVID because that jacked a lot of stuff oh, in yeah. general, you know. But oh, just yeah. just in that perfect world setting, and you know, obviously, maybe hopefully going forward this fall and beyond, what's a, what's being done at the junior high level? I would love for it to feed directly into the high school. You know, you're, you're, you're blessed in that you only have one feeder middle school, you know, me being in a multi-district high school in, in Pflugerville, you know, we have connections with two junior highs, but, you know, we don't, um, we can't guarantee that all of those kids are coming to us. You know, that's just the nature of it. Um, you know, but maybe, maybe as defensive line coaches in Pflugerville, we can all help each other out. I don't know. And and just say, Hey, like you're not gaining anything per se by just trying to make sure that the kid knows like exactly what you said, how to get in a stance. What is a shade? You know, what's an aggressive, what's a non-aggressive block. What's a base block. What's a reach like, and I know that those junior high guys are behind the eight ball when it comes to, Numbers, right? There's usually two, three, Absolutely, maybe four yeah. guys, like, and and they're they're just outnumbered, so it's tough. And I understand that, but I don't know, may, you know, is there is there a way that you know, maybe we as varsity coaches could do a better job in a multi high school district to facilitate everybody's job being a little bit easier when those kids come to us, you know, because we don't have a freshman staff, so I get to see those kids ninth grade right away. So they're getting coached by me, or you know, like uh, Coach Robbie Vega over at Flugerville High. Like he's seeing them at ninth grade, you know. But maybe he and I can talk and say, "Hey, you know, well, uh, we have these few schools around us. Like, let's at least kind of get on the same page about helping each other to help these kids." You know, you know, I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's too optimistic. Maybe it's too uh, it's too happy go lucky, and and maybe some old school coaches will scoff at us. And be like you guys are ridiculous, but <laughs> I, I just think like it would just make it a little it would make things a little bit easier because having to teach from block zero square one, how yeah. to get in a stance and all that stuff it's it's a little bit frustrating, but at the same time, you already know that it's got to be important, right otherwise you know, like if if you don't like like we all talk about if you don't build that pyramid foundation wide and sturdy you can't build a very tall pyramid Absolutely, anyway
1: man. so and that's and that's the thing that I like I always you know I always think back and and realize how lucky I am because like I said I do I do get to kind of pinpoint those kids at an earlier age be, before middle school and you know and we do do some stuff, you know, We we'll work on just fundamental stuff. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to teach them how to get in a stance in fifth grade, in fifth grade, but I can point out who's going to be a pretty good D-line man, You know what I mean? And like, I'm lucky in that sense. I just, I, and this is a gripe on me too. Like, like you said, if there is a way for everybody to get on the same page, that's what it needs to be. And, you know, that's one thing I'm going to try and do better this year with my guys. You know, I, I, I don't want to be behind the eight ball.
0: No doubt, man. No doubt. So <clears throat> when you're working through your progression, now you got your guys in, in 10th grade, 11th and 12th grade. How does that look compared to maybe somebody like me who's getting them in ninth grade? Like there's probably a lot of similarities, but when you're going through just your general teach progression, you know, let's say week one of fall camp, um you know what is that kind of just you know brief overview you don't have to go into a whole lot of notes and bolts because I, I i think you did that on coach taylor's episode of, of <laughs> keep your pads down so you know I, I would suggest everybody go listen to that one um but just in general you know like what is what are your what are some of your edds what are some things that uh you know that you have to do regardless yeah
1: so um you know, I I am, and this is kind of I I don't I don't want to say taboo, but it's a little bit different, you know. Um, but I'm a real simple guy. Um, I think less is always more. Um, my first week, I'm going to cram fundamentals in there. Um, you know, I'm going to get I'm going to get a shade tech. I'm going to talk about stance. I'm going to talk about uh, run versus pass progressions and backfield sets. Um, I'm going to do all that, but. I'm not going to break it down to the nuts and bolts until we get a team that we actually scheme for, you know. Um, I early on I am looking at fundamentals and I know I'm gonna to have to teach them so I overstress them, but that's kind of the only time where I really get into, you know, all right, right hand down, right foot back, you know, like I'm never gonna be that simple with it. Um, but early on, I, I think, I think, and this is kind of my progression. This is how I go about it. I have Early in the week or throughout a five-day week, I'll have a, a run day, a pass day, a run day, a pass day, and then I'll have a mix of kind of everything. Really, it's more schematic than anything. Um, run days usually consist of uh, your ball get off, um, some type of block recognition. We're definitely hopping on the sleds at some point in time, and we're gonna work doubles regardless. Um, my pass day is gonna look at uh, jet get offs. So what, what we call jet get offs, it's everybody's same pass rush get off. Um, We're going to get into jack get offs. We're going to get into some hoop running just to get the hips hot, you know, all the all the bag flipping all the hip flips on the trash cans. Um, And then we, I will, I will segment moves. So, um, I'm not big on showing a kid a move and saying okay do this. Like I will break it down to okay take your first step, take your second step, take your third step, place your hand. I'm, I'm like very detail oriented in it. Um, But like I said, I'm only going to do it for a week or two. Um, So I I really I am simple, but I dumb stuff down so much that we can't mess it up. And then from there, when I start placing depth charts and what guys can do and you know, going into techniques and stuff. That's where I'll get into the nitty gritty scheme stuff. So um, that's just how I go about it. You know, like I said, some people like that some people are like, we just got to get reps and you know, whatever floats your boat, but I, I just, I, I feel like with my guys and the clientele that I have, that's the way that we need to keep going about it.
0: Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you on that. When it comes to your, you, you mentioned your bag hip flips, are you a big, you know, um, agility bag kind of guy, or you've gotten away from that? You know, how, what's your position on, on using those agile bags in terms of inside of your drills Uh, For footwork, at least
1: footwork wise, well, we'll, uh, I always start one one uh, EDD that we do. We're always going to do some type of ball get off and we're always going to do like a a, a one foot, two foot side shuffle, um, hip flip type deal. um, And that's that's it. I don't I, I like like I said, less is more. And I'm a big believer of a point of diminishing returns. So if you, if you go there and let's say your first five minutes is agility and you just want those guys to get reps and you, you're having them go through it and just stroke it. Like, I mean, now they're, now they're practically at 80%. Like what good are they, are they doing? You know what I mean? Um, like I said, I'll work some of it really, dude, I use the bags more for like dummies in practice. Like that's where I'm at with it. I'm not, I'm not huge on it. Like I said, there, there is a point of diminishing returns and you know, we're dealing with big boys. Like once those boys are down, they're down.
0: Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you on that. I love the point of diminishing return. I think that's, that's an often missed deal because people get so hung up potentially on getting a shit ton of reps that it's just, they're just getting reps to get reps. And exactly. it's like, where where are you losing quality, you know, and, and
1: at what exactly? Point? And that that's always my thing. Like, I want I want quality reps. Like, I don't want you to go out there and go through the bags 15 times. Like, I want you to go through four times full speed as fast as you can. And you better haul ass. Like, that's it. So, how do you how do you impart that on the kids to
0: to understand like It's going to be, you know, four or five times and it's got to be full speed, but maybe they kind of sandbag one or two in the last two or they're better too. you know, so it's like, how do you, how do you control that and and kind of hold them to the standard uh, that you want and the expectations that you have for your unit throughout those drills um, so that you're still getting what you want.
1: Yeah, so and this is something that I kind of go back and forth with. I I understand and uh, you got to you got to understand that I'm dealing with lower socioeconomic kids that may may have not eaten that day or, you know, may have stayed up all night because mom and dad were fighting and stuff like that. So um, I believe I believe wholeheartedly like you do have to you kind of got to fill your kids out for the day. Now, if they're b bopping around in meetings in the weight room and then they come out there and they're BSing it like, dude, I'm going to smoke you and we're going to restart and we're going to do it again. And then like my whole theory of diminishing returns like is going to go out the window like, you know, and that's not to be a hard ass, but like that's because it's important and I'm asking you to do it four or five times because it is important. Um, another, another great thing that we do here, um, at Kilgore, man, our, our strength coach, Kobe Rosen, he does a great job setting up circuits for our guys. And it's kind of, it's kind of outlandish. Like you're going to think I'm crazy here, but we, we have a circuit. It's 56 stations. Um, and it is, it is, uh, 20 seconds as many reps as possible. Um, and you just go to, you know, 10 seconds to rotate 20 seconds on and off. And our theory here is. Is the average football player is four to six seconds. If you can make a guy go twenty seconds, you know, as hard as he possibly can, four to six seconds ain't shit, you know. Um. So, so I I use the weight room always as an example because if I can get those guys to go through, and I only do three bags when I do do bag drills, I, I set up three on one side, three on the other side, and I say get to it. Like, if you can go as hard as you can for three bags like you're good because I know, I know that you got it in you to do more, but it's got to be done right. And I mean, that may sound stupid to some people, but like I said, less is more. And, and I really recommend kind of trying that theory. If you think you're not getting it out of your guys, you know, level with them. And that's the thing. You got to be wholehearted and you got to level with them some days, you know, if they're going to have bad days. You know, if it's 108 degrees out there, I may just say, dude, forget the bags. Like, Y'all get a quick swig. We'll get straight into our technique stuff, you know. So um, that's that's just my thing. You you, you really you really got to be able to level with your guys.
0: No doubt. So would you say that you're you're not necessarily married to any drills, but you're married to like, I, you know, I guess we can get. Um, we may get shunned for using the concept word on defense, but you know, like (laughs) we got, we got to have something related to a double team. we got to have something related to a get off. Like, so you can pick whatever damn drill you want, but we're just, we're going to hit this. We're going to hit this. We're going to hit that. So, you know, element concept, whatever the hell you want to call it. Is that, would you say that's more what you're married to? Like, yeah. let me hit this checklist of, things to do not necessarily drills we have to do
1: yeah and that's and and i i I always go to that because you know every team is different and it really it really factors in more um to when you start scheming for certain teams like you know what i'm saying a a wing t team is going to double the piss out of you you know versus a spread team who may be running who who may be running inside zone all they're going to do is chip and bump you know what i mean so um, it, for us, it's a week by week thing. Now, uh, there are like block wreck. We're always going to do block wreck. I'm married to that, and I'm married to to the way we segment our pass rush drills, which is, to me, kind of unique. You know, um, just because of how how much I dumb it down. But that's that's about it, man. Like I am a I am a play what you're going to see type guy. Um, and I understand that that's not right for everybody. Um, But for us, we have a lot of variety in East Texas, you know, Um, like I said, uh, our first, our first two games were pro style uh, pistol teams, then we had a wing T team, then we had three spread teams Then we had another wing T team. And then we had a spread tackle over team and then we got into playoffs where it was a pro style team, a spread team, and then a a Chapel Hill legitimate spread we're going to run whatever the hell we want out your team so um. I, I I feel like I feel like once you get it ingrained, um, I, and and what scheme that they're seeing, they'll learn it. They'll learn it naturally. You know, it becomes natural to them.
0: Yeah, let's flip over to the recruiting side of things and how you work the recruiting side. Um, you know, you played ball at a couple different spots. So, how often or how do you use your path to help educate your guys? Um, and, and if you would kind of go a little bit deeper into your college ball path uh, and where you've been and what you did. Uh, Cause I think it's relative to, to probably how you end up answering the question about using those yeah, um, stories.
1: Yeah. So uh, let, let me start off with, with how my career kind of went. So, and I'll, I'll get into the, I'll get into the full story, I guess. So out of high school, you know, I was a five eleven defensive end at Cove. Um, I did some good things. I was all district a couple years, um, but I wasn't really being recruited at all. Um, and I don't know what the deal was. Like I had the grades, you know, it could have been the fact that I was 5'11". I mean, I had the stats, but I, I don't, you know, that's just the nature of the beast sometimes. And, you know, 2022, obviously, um, doesn't make it look any better, but, uh, you know, kind of along the same lines, you know, just how weird this year was, that's kind of how it was for me um, in 2012, um, but I ended up having a couple opportunities um, to I, I had uh opportunity to go to UMHB, turn that down because I felt like I couldn't afford school, you know, um, I had an opportunity to go to Kansas Wesleyan, which is where I actually committed. And I turned that down because I wanted to stay in Texas, you know, I was selfish in that aspect. Um, uh, and then the opportunity to go to Navarro came up, um, but they wanted me to play fullback. So I'd never played fullback except for a couple package plays in high school. Didn't know anything about it, you know. I went to Navarro, played fullback for about three days. They said I was trash, and then they switched me back to D line. Um, and then I went to D line, and I was a scout team guy. Um, and I just kind of felt, kind of felt that it, I, I wasn't, I wasn't. You know, this is going to sound weird, but like I wasn't a Juco guy, not that I thought I was better than that, but I didn't I, I don't I didn't fit that persona like. Um, so I ended up leaving after my first semester um, and I went to Sam Houston where um, I had a uh, coach Brock had to connect with Doug Roos um, and Doug Roos wanted me to come in and play fullback or he, he that wanted me to come play D line. I went to Sam couldn't learn the defense. Um, so they were about ready to cut me and Siegler asked me to play tight end um, or H-back stuff. And I ended up being a lot better at picking it up at Sam, maybe because I'd already been down that rabbit hole before. Um, and and you know I ended up picking it up and doing some things and being able to play in our 13 personnel and 12 personnel. Um, and then Phil Longo came along, completely new offense, air raid. And there wasn't really a need for a fullback. So I ended up doing a lot of duty on special teams. And I would, I would be the goal line or short yardage fullback. Um, you know, sniffer back. So I finished up there, ended up being special teams player of the year twice, um, won the big hit award, <laughs> ended up being lifter of the year um with uh Kyle or I'm sorry, uh, uh Brian Hess. And you know, uh after that it was just kind of over with. Um, I didn't really have aspirations to go and do anything else. I just wanted to play ball and go to school and that was it. So, you know, you ask about the recruiting thing, you know. I, I don't want to say that I'm qualified, but I've kind of taken every little path that you can take. Um, and you know, it's always weird. Um well it was weird to me because this was my first year being a recruiting coordinator and it kind of fell in my lap and so while I'm mitigating and going through situations with these kids you know I'm having to tell them all these experiences and you know some of them the the lights are off you know or the light nobody's home and the lights are off you know some of them the the lights are on but nobody's home you know you know what I'm saying so um and then some of them actually bought into what I was saying um but it ended up being a pretty good year for us um at least I think so for for what we had and for how the pandemic and how transfer portal went you know we ended up getting getting six guys out off the bat um D2 D3 and some Juco guys and um you know, it it, it just, it, it's, it's weird, but um, I'm going to keep trying to do a better job and I'm going to keep trying to use my experience to kind of pander off on kids and make kids understand like no option is a bad option. If you want to play, go play, man. So,
0: yeah. What is, what is your message to your JUCO kids? Cause you, you talked about, you know, you, you, you didn't think that JUCO was for you and exactly what you said. It wasn't that you thought you were better. It's just, it's such a dog mentality that, you know, it, it's, it's, to I guess, after watching, you know, last chance you, and then just come, uh, just conversations with other coaches that have either coached the Juco level or been there themselves. Like, yes, you're on the team, but at the same time, you're having to look out for yourself so much because you know, it's a very short window you're trying to get out of there like that's not it's a long exactly. track play and that's,
1: and that's like the thing behind it man like I I, I needed to get out because I'm such a family oriented person and just seeing some of the like seeing some of the struggles that those guys go through and like exactly like you said like not that not in a negative way not in a negative way I'm not saying like like everybody is selfish but everybody is there for themselves you know what I mean like like it's so it's so weird to talk about it because i don't have a negative experience i'm not saying it in a negative way what i'm saying is is like when when i'm sitting there and you know i'm i'm a walk-on and my best friend is trying to be a walk-on and he he can play better than half the guys and nobody's giving this guy a chance because i didn't recruit this guy like man that's that's not the way to go you know I, I would think, I would think you get the best guys in your program and build up from there. But I mean, the reality behind it is, is like dudes are trying to win games at all costs. And that's not, that's not a negative thing. I'm not like, that's your job. You do have to win games, but it, it's, it wasn't, it, it wasn't a byproduct of the culture that I was brought up in, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I, like I said, I'm not I'm not being negative about it. I think JUCO is a good route if you if you can stand it, but it is a dogfight. And that's that's the message that I always tell my kids when they say, "Well, coach, I'm thinking about going to KC or I think I'm going to TJC or somewhere." And I'm like, "Man, y'all better be ready." Like I'm just telling you cuz them it's cutthroat and it's a lot more cutthroat than any D1 university you will go to. And that's what that's what I think gets kind of lost in the limelight sometimes, you know, like, oh I can go to junior college and go D1 the next year. Like, yeah, you can, but you gotta be a qualifier. You better have your ass in class and you better not screw up messing around up there. You know what I mean? Like you can be you can have a bus ticket the next day. And you know, I wasn't a troublemaker or anything. Like that's that wasn't me, but it it, it uh it's it's kind of weird because it always feels like you're walking on eggshells. You know, you can be doing the right thing, but you you never know. A coach you come in any day and say, "Hey, man, you're not producing. See you later." Yeah. Uh, so, like I said, not trying to be negative about it. I hope I hope everybody understands that.
0: <laughs> no, but that's the deal. Is you know, we we, we aim to be real on the podcast and, and share these experiences and share these stories in hopes that it educates those that need to be educated. You know, like. Absolutely. Hopefully it's reaching the right audience for that particular moment of time. You know, like I, I worry about certain kids potentially going to JUCO because I don't believe that they have the mindset to do exactly what you just said. Take care of business in the classroom, take care of business on the field, don't screw up off the field and get out of there in a timely fashion like
1: exactly and that's a that's
0: a grown man ass type asking
1: no and that it it is and that was the thing and part of it part of it was was me knowing that that i was mature enough to you know be somewhere else like and you know what i mean like guys who immature because they're some some guys are there for the wrong reasons you know some guys are there because you know they may have screwed up somewhere else and they're trying to change some guys are fifth-year guys who who are leaving USC and coming back. You know, everybody is there for a different reason, and that part, in that sense, when you get to know people, that part is cool. But it's scary to think that, like, hey man, this guy may not make it, and if he doesn't make it, he's going back to Dallas and South Oak Cliff. You know, it's yeah. it's scary when it, and, and like that's the thing. Like I'm like. I'm from Colleen, like Killeen can be a little nitty gritty sometimes, but like, I've never, I've never had to worry about that. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I'm saying. It didn't, it didn't fit my needs or my wants there. So.
0: Right. No doubt, man. Well, the other thing you do over at uh, Kilgore is you work with the throwers. How did that come about? I, what's your experience with, with throwing shot and disc?
1: So I threw in high school, uh, <laughs> Kind of a funny combination. I threw and pole vaulted. Uh, (laughs) So it's kind of weird, but uh, shot was always kind of my first love. I I was, I was okay at it. Um, I wasn't like great, but I knew enough. Um, Shay Adams was our throwing coach at Cove and he did a phenomenal job teaching us basics and teaching us, you know, the fundamentals behind it. Um, When I, when I came to Kilgore, I was actually going to be uh, the girl's soccer coach and like my wife's dad is a soccer coach and I was like oh yeah I will just bum ideas off of him this will be sweet and then like the closer and closer we got to soccer season I was like man I really don't know shit about soccer <laughs> so so me and another coach ended up switching duties um and and he was going to be the throwing coach he knew nothing about throwing so we were like whatever like this works out so um I ended up taking over uh, shot put. I had strictly just shot put duties um, my first two years. And then our DC, our, our new DC um, was our uh, discus coach and he ended up getting out of track and I ended up taking over discus which was a completely new world for me. So, um, so I, I guess I can say I'm semi versed in both now. Um, I'm not gonna pretend to know that I know everything Um, but I I do, I do enjoy it. And I really do like, um, like, you know, the experiences that I have with my kids. Like I have awesome kids that, that focus and do everything I ask them to do. And, you know, they're just awesome kids to be around. How often do you get in the ring and let it rip? Dude. Okay. So when I was, when I was coaching shot, I used to get in there and I had, I had one kid, his name was big D. And Big D would just run his mouth. He'd be like, man, Coach DeHaanis, you can't throw no more. You ain't nothing. You ain't blah, 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 blah. And I get in the ring one day, and I just got tired. And I was like, D, me and you right now, best three throws. And he, uh, he throws like a 42 to start. And I just ripped a 58. And he looked at me, and he was like, he was like, Nah, we're done. We're done. (laughs) Ever since that day, ever since that day, it's been established that, that uh, like, nobody's going to mess with me. Now, when we go to, uh, when I went to discus, my kids, which is funny because I don't know how to throw a discus. I can teach you all, I can teach you about trigger finger and, and pinpointing and, you know, angle of release and all that and how to spin. I cannot, I cannot physically throw a disc. It's wild. And my kids yeah. bag on me all the time.
0: I've gotten better. I was a horrible shot and disc thrower in high school. Um, but last year, it was my first year in a long time to be around the throwers and coach the throwers. Um, so I got better at, at that this year to be able to actually better demonstrate how to throw. Um, you know both the girls and the guys um you know so it helps um but by no like my my best female thrower she'll out throw me any day like she knows it but but she doesn't thankfully she doesn't she doesn't put me on the spot and challenge me if anything she really becomes like a third coach you know because we have uh, me and then um one of our offensive line coaches so we split he does shot put i do discus um so you know we can bounce ideas off of each other, and then she also helps, particularly on the discus side, to coach those girls up. Um, but you know, like you were saying, like we have some really good kids that, even though they may not be the best right now, they just want to learn. They want to get better, so exactly. they soak up everything you're trying to coach them up to do.
1: And that's that's like the crazy part about it, man. Is 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 never in a million years that I think I would have. I think we're at sixteen kids that are throwing right now, um, and I, that's just boys. There's five girls, and uh, you know, like you said, I have I have a I have a kid that I brought last year. And I was like, "Look, dude, just try, it. just try this. and he ended up stroking a one thirty the other day, um, and he he acts like a second coach. I have another kid who was a regional finalist as a freshman. And he's going to be a senior this year, or is a senior this year, and he's uh, another coach. And then I got one kid that just freaking, he can out throw all everybody, but he's a sector guy. <laughs> so, you know, um, it's it's awesome having those kids around. And then when they, just like you said, bouncing ideas off of them and then bouncing ideas off of Coach Scott, um, he's our, he's our uh, shot coach. He's also my freshman D-line coach. Um, like it's awesome, and we just have a blast, man. Like it, it's fun. It it is fun, and I enjoy track as a second sport. So, um, it's always a good deal out there.
0: Yeah, I I agree with you. So there's there's one other thing that uh I recently saw on Twitter, talking about challenges. I don't know if you're gonna know what I'm about to bring up. On February 9th, there was a video posted of you, I believe, running a 40. Yes. So, so what was the time on the 40? I, and I, did you hurt yourself?
1: Is the real important question. There was, there was no injury. Uh, <laughs> the time is not what I think, of, what I thought it was. I was thinking, <laughs> I was thinking I still had a little sauce, but it was a 5 1. Uh, that was against, that was against Cody. He is a freshman. Uh, He is a freshman safety and he is a freak. And now I'm kind of discouraged because I, I ran a five one. So now I'm thinking I may need to move that kid to end because he's run slower than me. <laughs> 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 no, but he's an awesome kid, man. And he's, he's a competitive kid. And like, I enjoy doing that stuff with him. I mean, you, you got to have fun with your kids. So what's, how do you
0: stay ready for those instances? because I think as as relatively young coaches, so I would say coaches probably south of forty five years old don't have necessarily an issue which you know, whether it's in the weight room or on the field, you know, just mixing it up with the kids from time to time. How do you stay ready to potentially prevent injury because? I've done it and been okay. And then I've also mixed it up and I've hurt myself. Uh, you know, I've got a couple of pulled hamstrings to, to, uh, put on my wall of shame for trying to mess with kids.
1: Well, I'm not <laughs> going to pretend like I have a secret. Uh, <laughs> my biggest thing is, is I, I'm the type of guy you gonna call me out. You better be able to back it up. So, um, I'm never particularly ready. I will give, I will give a lot of uh, credit to Brian Hess, our strength coach at Sam. He's currently the strength coach at, uh, at, uh, UNC. Um, but he, you know, just the, the way he broke down mechanics and how to do stuff without getting hurt has always kind of carried over with me. You know, um, I had, I had coach get which I, who I think, you know, um, but coach get was our wrestling coach at, uh, at Cove, when we were wrestling, you know what I mean. And I used to have to wrestle that guy every day. So um, it just it, it, it it's it's not necessarily that I'm really ready. I just never turn it down. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there you go. So you still got a little bit of sauce left in you. Tiny bit. Tiny bit. Well, brother, it's been a it's been a fun time talking with you. I know there's so much more that we could dive into. Um, but, you know, I think that uh, the best thing for people to do is just reach out to you directly if they want to talk D-line Absolutely. play, talk recruiting. Um, guys, Coach Lyons is just a wealth of knowledge, man. I, we're, we're in a couple of different group chats together, and it's just – it's it's beneficial to have this man just be at my disposal as a, as a D-line coach. Like, regardless of the fact that I've done this for a while, there's still so much that I learn. Uh, you know, from you and from everybody else in that group text, you know, and uh, just being able to reach out and, and say, Hey coach, you know, what do you do with this or what do you do with that? And bounce ideas off of each other. So, you know, if anybody doesn't already know, you know, where do they find you on social media? Uh,
1: you can find me on Twitter uh, at coach underscore lions 47. Um, you can always reach, reach out to me via email uh, at J L Y O N S um at kisd.org. Um or you can uh you know you can find me on Facebook. I'm an old guy. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> no you're not that old man. But yeah <laughs> I I if, if anybody wants to get better, particularly at the D line spot or you want to find out more about you know recruiting or or throwing uh definitely follow Coach Lyons on Twitter and shoot him an email man. guy's an open book and Happy to help. So I appreciate everything that you do for the sport for D-line. And uh, you know, I wish you guys all the best this coming season.
1: Yes, sir. Appreciate you. Same to y'all.